This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. <laughs> like the cardigan. Go ahead and lean into it, Al. I mean, I'm the pop lean guy. Into it. I mean, it's popping. What do you want me to do? There is that go. why you wore another version of a yeah, cardigan today? Exactly. I don't know. Is this a cardigan? Because it's much longer. What would you call it? Uh, I'm with a you, dress? I think it's like it almost a... feels like a dress, I think. I mean, it's long. Yeah. yeah, I'll stand up for the cameras here if we can get this. You see, okay, it's long. Yeah, it like goes down a little yeah, bit, almost to my... Fashion forward. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. He's stepping into fall. There with it is. A new there it tweed. is. Wow. Look at me. Look at me. I'm just popping. There see, you see? Go. I see it. You just can't handle it. me so popping. Much, so much swag. Right. So uh-huh. much swag. Yeah, that's Drip, me. as the kids right, say. Right. There you go. Yes. Uh, the sweat is dripping off of me is what the drip <laughs> is at this it's, point. It's hot in here. Okay, yin and twins. Are you trying to whisper up my ear? Oh, I'll see what you did right yeah. there. Very I didn't nice. think I had that. Very in nice. It is unsportsmanlike. Right. Thank you. On ESPN Radio, <laughs> presented by Progressive Insurance. A lot of people, when they see it popping, thank you. Um, <laughs> last night, Mark Davis, Aces, they were popping. Yep. Ace of Spades last night mm-hmm. with the Las Vegas Aces winning back to back WNBA titles. Mark Davis, the owner of the team, governor of the team. Dancing away at the end. Yeah. Amazing. Asia Wilson winning MVP. Becky Hammond winning her second straight title as the head coach. Their highest paid coach in the league. Deservedly so. Unbelievable experience with the Spurs and in the WNBA. And a great moment there last night at Barclays. Well, maybe not for the fans of the Liberty, but obviously not so much. No. The Aces no. there. Also last night, the Astros get on the board. They beat the Texas Rangers 2-1 in that series now with the Rangers leading 8-5 win for Houston. Max Scherzer gets rocked. Listen, I understand Bruce Bo- Bochy is a Hall of Fame manager, maybe one of the most underrated managers or coaches in all of sports. Guy won three World Series titles, went to a World Series with the Padres in 99, is on the verge of going to another one this year, third different team that would take to the World Series. One of the most underrated guys. We, like Nobody talks about Bruce Bochy ever. So I, I trust him. He wants to go to Scherzer coming off of injury. Scherzer is going to be a Hall of Famer. It backfired, though. Simple as that. It backfired. Yeah, but we had this conversation about Clayton Kershaw, too, earlier in the playoffs. After what we saw from him in game one of the DS, if they made it to a game four, would you give the ball to Clayton Kershaw? And I didn't think you should, even though that the Dodgers didn't really think that they had any better options. I was also concerned about Max Scherzer. He hadn't pitched in a little over five weeks, and they really needed him to go deep into the game. But I didn't think that that was really feasible, given the fact that we hadn't seen him in so long. But, you know, we talked last segment about muscle or two segments ago about muscle memory. And I think with starting pitching, you want the guy who has been there to get the ball. And Max Scherzer is as fierce of a competitor as you could ever find. And when he says, I'm good to go, it's probably really hard for a manager to say, I don't know if you're our best option. Yeah, I, I well, I think he was the best he option. Was, for sure. But, but there weren't great options. And I guess that's the whole point when it comes to Scherzer. He's not the guy that was winning Cy Youngs and going over 200 strikeouts. That's just not who he is anymore as a pitcher. We saw that in Queens with the Mets earlier in the year, and we're seeing that now on the biggest stage for baseball has to offer. So I just don't think you can trust Max Scherzer. So now there's going to be more pressure on Andrew Heaney to be able to deliver in Game 4 because the last thing you want to do is win two games in the CS on the road and then give them back to the Houston Astros. And that's a team that we know is much better on the road than they are at home. So this is a situation where the Rangers, they can't afford to play with their feud because the Astros are a really, really dangerous team. And we've seen them get to this point and do it before. You're talking about, what, two championships in the last five years for the Astros? So 
This is a team that you can't give any life to. And if you're the Rangers, you'll be best served to try to bury them in game four today. Just to give the numbers to highlight how good they've been on the road, they went 39 and 42 at home, 51 and 30 away during the regular season. Now they've won three consecutive road games in the postseason. Yeah. Makes no sense because they have fans. It's, you know, it makes absolutely no sense because they have fans. One thing quickly on this. It triggered a thought as we were talking about Scherzer, like, and this is a future conversation, but Aaron Rodgers, we've had the conversation about it. the Hall of Famer is hurt, banged up, ready to go. What do you do with him? That's kind of what they had last night, right? It's Max Scherzer, Hall of Famer, banged up, ready to go. What do you do with him? They pitched him last night. Obviously, it didn't work out. He threw batting practice for the Astros line yeah. is what he did. Which was good for Houston, and that's not yeah. a team you could let back into. Yeah, la- last two postseasons for Max Scherzer, more earned runs than innings pitched. He's just not that guy anymore. Uh. He's not. Well, uh, today we have all the coverage, of course, on ESPN Radio of both games, the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, and then, of course, the Astros and the Rangers. So the Kansas City Chiefs made a move yesterday. They reacquired McCole Hardman, the wide receiver who was on the Jets, who was on their team uh, for the first four years of his career, won two Super Bowls with Kansas City, a speedy wide receiver who's had tremendous success when healthy in Kansas City. Goes to the Jets, has one total catch this season, just not in their plans, obviously. The Chiefs get him back. And the conversation has been started about, are the Chiefs officially the new Pats? Basically, the Pats for 20 years had the best coach, the best quarterback. Nobody could walk out that door that they could not replace. Like, literally, they had Hall of Famers walking out the door, and they found a way to replace them. Same thing in Kansas City. Tyreek Hill, CC said, is the most valuable non-quarterback in the NFL. He walks out the door, and they find a way of still winning the Super Bowl without him. Well, let's add a new wrinkle to this they're like the Pats conversation. They get their own guys back for less. Nicole Hardman goes to the Jets. They give up a sixth-round pick, seventh-round pick, whatever it is, to get him back. They're probably going to get Frank Clark back, who they gave up, and guys want to go back there after something. It does not work out somewhere else. And I keep going back to the thought that, to me, they already feel like a dynasty. I understand it's not a third title. I understand they've won two, but they've been to the Super Bowl three times. They lost the one to Brady, obviously, in Tampa. They feel like a dynasty already. Yeah, so they've been to three Super Bowls over the last four years and won two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they get another Super Bowl in the next year or two, we have to start using the D word to describe the Kansas City Chiefs. But to host five consecutive conference championship games, like that is just insane. Like, like one of my homeboys who's in sports media as well calls it the Arrowhead Invitational. That's the AFC Championship game. Like, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable what the Chiefs have been able to do in terms of dominating the conference. And it's not for other teams' lack of trying because there are so many other teams that just try to rise up. The Buffalo Bills one year in the conference championship game. The Cincinnati Bengals one year in the conference championship The Patriots. like they, 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 They've been able to find a way to overcome most of it and find a way to get past those opponents and maintain their supremacy. So that that just speaks to the greatness of Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. You talk about finding a way. Well, the way is Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. Right. That's the way. It's like as long as you have those two in lockstep, then you know, you're just filling in the pieces around them in whatever scheme, whatever system your coordinators are running. So as long as Pat Mahomes is in, at the height of his powers and as long as Andy Reid is still passionate about coaching football – this Chiefs team is going to be there. They're always going to be the odds-on favorite But they need to win one more thing for you, though? They need one more ring in your mind? Yeah, I mean, a dynasty is, to me, a dynasty is three championships in a five- or six-year span. Yeah. That's a dynasty. Three in five or six years. So, you, so, you're so on they're on the that? precipice. Yeah, there you go. But they, they're doing things, though, Smalls, that 
feel like we've seen with all of these great teams over the course of times. Like the Niners had this back in the day in the 80s and 90s. The Cowboys, same thing. We're like, they just get guys to go. There was a Niners team that had like all kinds of, of great def- – when Dion was there, uh, Tim Harris, Aranda, Charles Haley, like they all just like, oh, hey, we're, we're, we need a one-year deal. Let's go there. That's what's happening now with the Chiefs. Because don't you want to go play with Patrick right. Mahomes and Andy Reid? I would. But I think it's really important to point out, yes, of course, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are at the they're, – they're the names on the marquee, right, yeah. when we're talking about why the Chiefs have been so successful. But let's not – sneeze at this defense and what Steve Spagnuolo yeah. has been able to do with the defensive side of the ball. That's a huge component as to why this team has been able to have so much success. There's no vulnerability in any aspect of the team. And, and I just think Spags gets overlooked a lot of times because of Andy Reid, because of Patrick Mahomes, because of the weapons they've had on offense, whether it's been a Tyree Kill or a Travis Kelsey. But this is a guy who's put together multiple championship caliber defenses, and it's a a huge reason why they've been able to be in this position. Are they the second best football dynasty or potentially football dynasty of our lifetime? Or are we going to say the Cowboys nine? The Cowboys obviously won the three, right? But two head coaches. When we think back to Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer back in the day, I just think that the Chiefs Steelers are there too. The seventy yeah. right, Steelers, the seventy yeah. Steelers. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying in our, in our life, that's a little bit older than us. In our lifetime. Yeah, but 70 Steelers. But the Cowboys, do you look at it differently because it's different people? I don't know. This is the same group, basically, right? It's it's Kelsey. It's Mahomes. It's Chris Jones now. I think we have mm-hmm. to probably yeah. Yeah, include all of it. Yeah. Um, Andy Reid. Like, this is the – and ownership. I mean, the Hunt family – we don't hear anything about them, and I mean that in a good way. Like, yeah, they, I mean, it's, uh, as, as far as controversy goes, this this, uh, this yeah, they, you know, they're they're very they're very workmanlike in terms of their approach as an organization. Like, they they, they have stability. There's there's not a lot of drama. The, the biggest drama that we heard from the Kansas City Chiefs in recent memory is the Chris Jones holdout. Yeah, and they figured that, that was out ten minutes. It felt yeah, like exactly, yeah. and they figured that out in short order, right? I mean, he missed one game, and he was there cheering like, his team exa- on. Exactly, it exactly, exactly. He's at charity events yeah. for the team. It's not like. It's a real holdout. He's in the, the suite. Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, that there's no drama around this team, and I think that's uh, emblematic of the people that are in charge: Andy Reid and Brett Veach, their general manager, and then the Hunt family, like you said, Ev, being hands off and letting football people make football decisions. There's something to be said for that when you have that type of stability and when you have that mentality as an organization. It fosters an environment that you can get the best out of your people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Pat Mahomes is one of the most selfless superstars because he always talks about his teammates. Think about the deal that he signed. It was a 10-year contract, and then they ripped it up and redid it. But they, there's always flexibility for the organization to do what they need to do and pay who they need to pay, the people that are absolutely essential to them having sustained success. So I think you gotta you got to look at the quarterback and how he's empowered the organization by virtue of what he did with his contract and the amount of roster flexibility that they have because of it. He he feels like Brady in that way. And Evan, you're our resident Brady expert. Oh, you said Brady? Yeah. yeah, yeah. perk up a little bit. But the way you described it, Patrick Mahomes, as you were saying it, I was like, oh, it was kind of like Tom Brady. Yep. Now, Tom Brady, I think, is more of a celebrity than Patrick Mahomes is just because of Giselle and, you know, they're well, acting. Well, they got a celebrity, Travis Kelsey. That's Taylor, right. so They got yeah. the celebrity. <laughs> but, but Tom Brady didn't act like that on his team. Anybody no. you no. talk to that no. played with the and Patriots. And neither does Mahomes. And neither no. does Mahomes. Like, everybody knows that Brady was the guy. Everybody knows that Patrick Mahomes is, is the guy. But within those walls, they act like they're one of the guys, which I think is really important to the success of a team. So – Mahomes, as crazy as this sounds, it feels like he's been there a lot longer. This is only year six of him as a starting quarterback. Yeah. Six. 
Do you think they could match the Pats? Which would project out 14 years, obviously. Brady was there for 20 years, six Super Bowls. They would have to triple the amount. But do you think that they will get to a 15, 20-year run? Do you think we can go that far? I don't know that Andy Reid is going to coach that long. That's the biggest question. I mean, if Andy Reid stuck around, could they do it? Absolutely. But I don't know that he's going to want to do that. He's in his mid-60s right now. So I don't know how much runway the Chiefs have in terms of being able to keep Andy Reid with Pat Mahomes. That would be the biggest question that I have in terms of the Chiefs staying on top of the football world. But here's where we're at with this. Don't write them off ever. No. Right? Don't write them off ever. No. Assume they're going to be there in the AFC title game at least. Yep. Assume they're going to be there for a long period of time. Assume they could lose anyone outside of Mahomes and Reed and replace them. And I would put Kelsey on that list as great as he is because the Pat, if we're going to do the Pats comparison, they won Super Bowls without Gronk, right? And Gronk, to me, is better than Kelsey, but they won Super Bowls without Gronk. They and, won Super Bowls before Gronk. Correct. Yeah. Right. Without and before. Right. Yeah, Good yeah, point. Yeah. Right. Without and before. And assume if a guy leaves in free agency or by way of trade, if he's not happy in his other situation, he's going to come back for an hourly rate. That's basically what the Kansas City Chiefs have become. As we saw yesterday with Nicole Hardman, they deserve all the credit in the world. You want to go somewhere else? Fine. We're not going to pay you. When it doesn't work out, we'll take you back. We'll take you back. A guy who knows something about that, Damian Woody, was a part of uh, those Pats teams, of course. Also as a former Lion. Do we now have to talk to him about the Lions? He will join us in studio next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. What is happening right now? I just was bobbing my head. Okay, all right. Yeah, sorry. When you play Biggie, how don't, am I don't supposed to do? Don't make it awkward when we have guests in the house, man. We got we big fellas. We no, got no, big no, fellas. This is right up my alley. Yeah. This is right up no. my alley. You know, Big Papa, you know. P-O-P-P-A. You can't call yourself that, though. Oh, Big Papa, man. <laughs> uh, you can't call yourself. You can't give yourself that nickname. Hey, other people call me that. Oh, oh, so I'm just, oh. I was just embracing them. You know? oh, okay. Hey, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Other people call yeah, you. God, yeah, yeah. okay, all right. Okay. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you, Damian Woody, NFL analyst, in studio with us. Should we be calling you a former Lion? Is that now where you want to go? You played for the Pats and the Jets. Forever you were a former Pat, yeah. and rightfully so. Yeah. But I feel like we should change your description to former Lion. Are you on the Lions bandwagon? Yeah, I'm on the Lions bandwagon. But listen, when I was there, we sucked. <laughs> yeah, like, man, we, we sucked. Man. You ain't got to revive me. Yeah, we, we, we sucked, man. So listen, I'm just glad the organization's on the right track because what they put together this year, or actually over the past couple years, 
Dan Campbell and, and Brad Holmes, the gen, general manager, they've done a fantastic job. Now, listen, they're going to be in the conversation right now for one of the best teams in the NFC. And I got to ask you, based on what we saw in week six and the 49ers and the Eagles getting upset, are the Lions the best team? I still got the 49ers as the best team. You know, they went into Cleveland. I know they, listen, I know they played against P.J. Walker, backup quarterback. But that Cleveland Browns defense is real. Yeah. Like, those boys are legit. They've given everybody, you know, Jim Schwartz, the defense coordinator, has given everybody fits, and yeah. they did that to the, to the San Francisco 49ers. I think, you know, listen, when it's all said and done, I think the 49ers will still be the best team in the NFC, maybe in the NFL. But I'm here to tell you, the Lions are for real. Jerry Goff. Better put him in your top five quarterbacks in the league. Wow. wow. Over, yes, he's wow. top five. Because over, if you look at his numbers over the last 17 games. It's his MVP to lose. It, 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 he's right. Like, if I'm a betting man, which I'm not, but if I'm a betting man, I would take those I would take those odds. 100%. I think he got the ninth ninth highest odds. And, and the schedule oh, is perfect juice on that one. There is. There is some juice <laughs> in that one. <laughs> yes. If you look at the schedule, it's perfect for him. I'm telling you, I, I've been saying this. I don't think he's a top five in the league necessarily, but if you just look at the MVP, it's his to lose. So if you had to take one quarterback in the NFC to win a game, are you taking Jared Goff over a Jalen Hurts or a Brock Purdy? Um, Hell no. no. I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. But, 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 but the question was, who's playing the best? Yeah. He's like, you, there's no denying Jared Goff is playing like a top five quarterback. Mm-hmm. He really is. And the, the numbers bear it out right now. So – you know, Jerry Goff, they, they they got the way they built their program has been phenomenal. It obviously it's taking on the identity, mm-hmm. Dan Campbell, kind of a, you know, rough and rugged type of group. Offensive line, elite. Mm-hmm. Quarterback is playing elite. Defense is where they made the most improvements. Yes, yes. That's and that, that's where that's where the Detroit Lions, if if they're gonna really contend, is because their defense is going from one of the worst one of the worst units to one of the better units in the National Football League. Yeah, and so after what we saw this past weekend, we're going to start paying a lot more attention to the Detroit Lions because they have two impressive road wins against teams that are division leaders, that being Kansas City and Tampa. And so looking at their matchup with the Ravens in Week 7, is this a bigger game for the Lions or for Baltimore? I think that – I think people – I think the Lions still have a stigma attached to them. Okay. You know – they're good, but people going, you know, people out there going to continue to say, but they're the Lions. What have the Lions done? Oh yeah, they all they've done so far this year. I mean, even if you go back to last year, all those big games that they played down the stretch, even though they didn't make the playoffs, all those big games they played down the stretch, and then coming into twenty twenty three, going on the road on third on the you know opening night, going out there and beating Kansas City, like you said, you know, beating Tampa Bay on the road. Now they got another big one on the road against Baltimore. I think they go out here and beat Baltimore in Baltimore. Wow. I'm going wow. with the Lions in this game. Wow. I'm going with the Lions. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that's that bold of a statement anymore. I, I know, and I know, listen, we're talking to a former Raven and a former member of the Lions, right? So we happen to have that matchup sitting in studio with us with Damian Woody and Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. But I think what you're saying is that let's graduate the Lions into the team that's not what they used to look like. But what at, they are. What they are. What they are Let's right ignore now. the laundry and pay attention to the team. Absolutely, because, you know, like – a lot of those guys, they weren't around when the Lions were so awful. They, no. they, you know, they're, they're just focusing on right now, the right here, right now, how they've built their program and how they've been winning football games. This is a totally different program from years ago. I love the – again, 
I love the way they're built. You know, most teams that, you know, play indoor dome teams, they don't tend to be teams that can go out and play in the elements. And all. That's not the Lions. No. The Lions can play, can play any style you want. They can run the ball. They can throw it. They can play defense. They can play, it, you know, hot weather, cold. They can do it whatever way you want to do it. The Lions can do it. Damien, why is being called a system quarterback considered an insult? Uh, I, I don't know. I have no idea because if you're playing great within a system, you, that, you're playing at a high level. Yeah. You're doing what's asking, asked of you, and you're doing it, like again, doing it at a high level. So I don't take it as an insult. L- listen, there's only probably three quarterbacks in this league that can go above and that can go in any system and just and play up and you know above and beyond the system. Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen probably. Like those are the th- like to me in my opinion, those are like the three guys that that I can put them on any team mm-hmm. and they're going to ball regardless of, you know, the system, whatever the case may be, they're going to do their thing. So since we're staying with the quarterbacks, Damian, I got to ask you because Former number one overall pick Kyler Murray returned to practice for the Arizona Cardinals uh, yesterday. Should the Cardinals play Kyler Murray this year? I said no. Like when I <laughs> yeah. initially, I was thinking I would put him on ice and try to listen. You're in play for you know one of those you know Caleb Williams or, or the uh, the May Drake, here, May, yeah. Drake May from North Carolina. Man, you. You could get you could get a nice haul, and they already got a haul. Yeah, they did from the Texans, right? From the Texans, so you got a chance to add even more to that if you trade away Kyler Murray, and you don't want to be on the hook. What is what if Kyler Murray 46, gets hurt? Forty six. What if he gets yeah. hurt? Yeah, you know. So like, why would you why would you want to put yourself on the hook for you know for the money that you know is possibly out there if he gets hurt? I wouldn't do it if I'm no if I'm that organization. Damien, the past three games for the New York Jets, Zach Wilson has looked like the guy that they were hoping he could be. They nearly beat the Kansas City Chiefs, they beat the Broncos, and they beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Are you believing that Zach Wilson can be the guy? Well, how do you classify being the guy? I, I, this season, can he do enough to complement the team around him for them to have success? I think that Here's what I think of Zach Wilson. I think what they've basically done is they've taken, taken a wild pony, and, and, <laughs> and they've taken a wild pony, and they've kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they broke they, him in. They broke him in. Yes, correct. <laughs> um, because it's, I mean, let's let's be honest. Zach Wilson was a turnover machine. Yeah, he was. You know, for his first two years, what's the best thing that Zach Wilson is doing right now? He's not, not turning football over. Yep. So, and, you know, Chris, you know this man. This league, it's it's really not that hard. Yeah. Like, if you don't turn the ball over and your defense is creating turnovers, guess what? You're going to be winning football games nine times out of ten. That's what Zach Wilson has been doing. He hasn't been putting the football in harm's way. He hasn't been turning it over. Now, there's still a lot of things you need to work on. Like, the Jets are one of the worst teams in the red zone, one of the worst teams in third down. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are things they need to clean up. But if you're not putting, you know, you're not putting the team in harm's way as far as creating turnovers, you're going to have a shot, especially with that defense. All right, let's finish with this. So people may not realize this to the level that, that they should. We have two people in here that are diehard Los Angeles Lakers fans. Yes. Oh, no Damian question. Woody and Chris Canty. <laughs> and uh, we, of course, are heard on ESPN Radio in L.A., the home of the Lakers, which is awesome that we are a part of that station right now on 710 in L.A. Are you two Lakers fans? Are you ready to say right here? Championship or bust season for the Lakers. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean that's obvious. When you're a fan of the purple and gold. Chris just it, knocked down water. He was so agitated oh, by yeah, that yeah, question. That's, that's how we are. Like when you're a fan of the purple and gold, 
That's that's all that counts. No, I understand that, but you because I'm not a Lakers fan. Yeah, but I also think they are going to be awesome this year. I think these are realistic championship robust aspirations, not just you have LeBron and you're the Lakers. Well, we were in the Western Conference Finals last year, and we got better. We added Gabe Vincent, we added Jackson Hayes, we added Christian Wood, we added pieces, and we retained the guys that are still ascending. Austin Reeves is going to be better. Rui Hachimura, we saw him in the playoffs emerge. He's going to be better. We got all of those guys locked up. Right. This is a team that's going to be better, and they also have flexibility with their roster construction if they need to add at the deadline. Listen, at the end of the day, the key person is Anthony Davis. I need to see Anthony Davis at his best this year. Like, no more missing, you know, quarter season or whatever they, whatever the case may be. If Anthony Davis is locked in and he's healthy, man, Listen, come on. Uh, wait, he, come he, on, he, I, Don't get me started. Hey, Don't listen. get me but started. But you're, you're saying if Anthony Davis is healthy. He's never healthy. No, he was. He was healthy after the trade deadline. He was the, remember, LeBron James missed a month of basketball. Yeah. Yeah. And who held it down? Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. <laughs> he was the best defensive player in all of basketball. And the Lakers had the best record in all of basketball until they ran into the Denver Nuggets. In the yeah. yeah, who are better than everybody. Conference, they won the championship. Uh, yeah. Two other very quick things on the Lakers. One, there's one guy you guys didn't mention because we're going through all of them that I love and I think is a key piece when he's healthy is Jared Vanderbilt who they signed to a contract extension. Yes. The other thing, CC brought up a phenomenal point that people need to understand this. Their contracts outside of their big two, they're not going to trade LeBron or Anthony Davis. Are very tradable. Yes. yes. When you have contracts in that ten to fifteen per ten to seventeen per year range, it's they're very tradable, and they're going to have to do it now before all the new rules, et cetera. That the Lakers have roster flexibility in a way that they had not had in years past. He loves right. talking about contracts, by the oh, way. Okay. He's obsessed with Brock Purdy's contract. Oh, that that contract! Like, look at Damian. That's, Damian's that's obsessed the, too. That's why the 49ers, Like, this was the best thing that could happen to the 49ers. Brock Purdy falling to them. And him turn out to be a good quarterback. <laughs> you oh just walked into that. You got a, you got a cheap quarterback. Oh, you walked into that one, CC. Oh my god! Yeah, Damian. Yeah. Damian. Wow, what a connection. Yeah. There we go. All right, uh, coming up. Thank you, Damian Woody. He'll be on uh, Get Up today, 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. We'll continue that conversation about contracts because uh, James Harden doesn't seem to want his. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Let the games begin. A little Malika Andrews, Ramona Shelburne, Richard Jefferson, Tim Bontemps, Woj, the entire ESPN NBA crew killing it yesterday. NBA Today, 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Television on the James Harden saga. It is Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Hello, I'm Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. So here's what we have. We have James Harden, who showed up to the beginning portion of Sixers training camp, mm-hmm. including their off-site training camp in Colorado. He actually went with them there yeah. and came back with them to Philly seemingly was in shape, seemingly was a good teammate, and then just decided, okay, you haven't traded me to the L.A. Clippers, which is my preferred destination. I'm no longer going to be a part of this. And the thing that I kept thinking about yesterday is whether or not James Harden's ever going to play another game for the Sixers. Because if he does, and I hate calling people liar, but I'm going to use his words because he called Daryl Morey, the president slash general manager of the team, a liar. Mm -hmm. Is James Harden then a liar if he plays another game for the Sixers? Because he's the one that said, I will never play another game for an organization that Daryl Morey is a part of. So if he does technically play a game for them, he's a, he's the liar in this case, is he not? Well, James Harden is just ridiculous, right? And here's the thing. When it comes to whether or not he'll play for the Sixers, of course he's going to play. He's going to be around because if he doesn't, his contract tolls and he's ultimately not going to get what he most wants the most, which is his money. The reason why James Harden is pounding the table about being traded is because he wants to go to a contending team and get a max contract extension. And the reason why he's circling the L.A. Clippers uh, amongst other teams is because the L.A. Clippers owner, Steve Ballmer, is building a new arena. They're going to have their new place. They want to sell season tickets, and James Harden is willing to be the marquee or the one of the attractions that folks can depend on seeing when they show up to the arena. Paul George has had injury problems. Kawhi Leonard has had injury problems. They don't have superstars on the court. James Harden is offering that in exchange for getting the kind of contract that he's looking for. Remember last season, he was floating the idea of playing for the Houston Rockets. It wasn't because he thought the Rockets were going to be a good team. It's because he thought the Rockets would be able to pay him his money because they had the most cap space of anybody going into the offseason. When that didn't materialize, James Harden moved on to the next best option, and that is the L.A. Clippers. But here's the catch. James Harden can't get the money that he's looking for from the Clippers unless they trade him. They, they can't sign him to a max deal in free agency. So this is a situation where he needs the Sixers organization in order to ultimately get what he wants which is why he's going to come back and play nice in the sandbox. I think the Rockets point's an excellent one. Adrian Wojnarowski reported that on Christmas Day that he was interested in the Rockets. What changed with Think the, about that. Right, on Christmas they're Day of the, last they're year. They're in the middle of the obviously. season. They're in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. You got a guy putting together an MVP campaign in Joel Lebeat, and you worried about the Rockets? Well, and your and, money at that point? Yeah, and oh, and the other part of this that's interesting is the Rockets was a po- were a possibility. Then Ime Adoka came in and became the head coach. And what we, we know about Ime Adoka, former Celtics head coach, from a basketball perspective, defense and discipline. That's scream out James Harden to you? <laughs> no. I don't think so. So Ime Adoka's like, hey, if I'm going to take this job, 
I better have say over how we're going to operate. James Harden no longer an option. Fred Van Vliet fits my system better. So now James Harden is down to just the one team in Philadelphia. Here's, the, though, the spin on the Clippers that I'm a little confused about. If you're willing to take on James Harden, and there are many teams in the league that would not want him because they're afraid of what's going on right now. He just exactly. quits on a team. They don't want him. They don't want to give up assets to get him. If you're the Clippers and you've made the decision, we want him. Terrence Mann in a first-round pick is not good. In, like, make that trade if you're the Clippers. It's, now, you need salary in there as well. But Terrence Mann's a good player. But if you deem that James Harden is going to help your team, Terrence Mann cannot be the deterrent because I think what's going to happen here is probably what happened in some cases with Miami and Damian Lillard is going to be some other team's going to swoop in, get James Harden for much less, and the Clippers are not going to have him. And why he makes sense for the Clippers, I actually think – is if you can pace Paul George and Kawhi Leonard for the postseason and have James Harden dominate your regular season, it's probably a good formula. I want to go back to what you said, though, about this being the playbook that James Harden subscribes by. He's done it in Houston. He did it in Brooklyn. He's doing it now in Philly. I know that he is a great player, and talent usually trumps all of the external circumstances when it comes to players. But if you're another franchise, you know who this guy is. He has shown you time and time again who he is. And even if he can help you from a basketball perspective, does that supersede everything else that you know you're going to have to deal with? Do you really want to invest in this person with a lot of money, assets, and something that might be long-term? Yeah, and that's that's a thing. But it like goes to the real-life example of, like, oh, you're, you have a friend that's dating someone that is historically a cheater in their relationships like you know that they may cheat on you what are you intrigued by with that person someone is going to be intrigued by the fact that this guy can score 30 points a game in the regular season and get you 10 assists now i don't think he can score 30 points a game 20 20 to 25 he's a 20 he's a 20 10 guy he scored 20 last year 20 and 10 that's who he's going to be sure yeah yeah Uh, but on a given night let's just say yeah he can dial it up but on a given night he can disappear like we saw in the playoffs right and that has to be a concern that's a given for for a team that's gonna you know that's that has championship aspirations you're not going after james harden and willing to pay him $35 million in, in this season and continue to pay him that no. unless you think you can win a title in return. Mm-hmm. But based on the sports character of James Harden, what we've seen at the end in Houston, what we saw at the end in Brooklyn, and now what we're seeing at the end in Philly, why would you want to bring this guy into your locker room and think it's going to work out long term? And, and here's the gazillion dollar question with all of this is what happens with Joel Embiid. As he's sitting there watching this whole thing unfold, he has dealt with the process. He has dealt with all of the situations around the general managers. Remember Brian Colangelo, the former general yeah. manager, the burner account, yeah, the Twitter, yeah. that yeah. whole thing. He had Doc River, he had Brett Brown, then Doc Rivers. They didn't sign Jimmy Butler. He wanted them to sign Jimmy Butler. They signed Tobias Harris. Ben Simmons, phone in the pocket now and during practice. Now this. At what point does Joel Embiid say, enough is enough. Get him out of here by tomorrow. I don't care who we get in return. Because that is what the Sixers need to pay attention to. What's more important in Philadelphia right now, in my opinion, is not what James Harden is doing. It's what Joel Embiid is doing. He's the MVP. He's been loyal to them. They've been loyal to him. But there is going to become a point where he's got to knock on Daryl Morey's door and say, I've had enough. Now, I'll throw one other thing out there. Well, hold on. I will say this, just to push back a little bit on that. It could be a situation where Nick Nurse goes to management and says, I don't need James Harden to be here right now. I don't. Like, it it might be a situation where they're better off allowing Tyrese Maxey to step into being the second-best player on that team, let Tobias Harris be the third-best player on the team, and rocking out from there. I I think – Yeah, they have a good team around that. I think the ceiling on this team is probably about the same. They're probably a team that's going to be in the second round, which is what we've seen over the last four or five years with or without James Harden. So why do you need to put up with the distraction? Rather than letting it devolve into a more dysfunctional situation 
that that's going to push Embiid to wanting to leave. Keep James Harden away from the team. If James Harden wants to be a distraction, he's only doing himself a disservice. Mm -hmm. We can put him on ice. We can keep him over here because guess what's happening? He's losing time being able to play on the court, and he's he's changing the perception of what he is in NBA circles. It's not going to get James Harden closer to getting him his money. I'll say this again. I think James Harden needs the Sixers far more then the Philadelphia Sixers need him. If I'm one Far of, more. I agree. If I'm one of Joel Embiid's friends around the league, Jimmy Butler, if I'm one of his friends around the league, I'm getting in his ear, hey, what you're dealing with is not normal, and this is the second time you're dealing with it, because what you just said is exactly right. I think they were fine without Ben Simmons. Go home. We're actually not yeah. going to have a grievance. We're just going to pay you to not be here. We'll do the same with you, James Harden. We're going to have the same record, and that is an issue just in itself. You shouldn't have wasted roster spots at that high level of salary, and somebody's going to get in his ear, I think, at some point and say, what you're dealing with is not normal. It's probably what you looked at the Jets as a giant and say, yeah. you're not dealing with but what's normal. But here's the thing. He can't, he quite literally, cannot get his money unless the Sixers trade him. Right, because they're not going to give him the contract. If they tell him just stay away, his salary $35 million, they pay him, okay, cool. He becomes a free agent. Nobody is going to pay James Harden next summer what James Harden wants to get paid. That's right. That's right. And that was a Progressive NBA snapshot brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com for more information. All right, coming up, I'm over it. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Yes, it is time for I'm Over It here on Unsportsmanlike. Hello, I'm Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Guys, just between us, mm. do I tell Pat that yet another person reached out to me yesterday and said how much they love Pat the producer on here? Pat, yes, oh. yes, Don't yes. tell him. No, tell him, I, tell him. Nah, I won't. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I won't tell him. All right, Pat, floor so, is yours. We're not going to tell him. We're not going to tell him. What are you over today? Paid a million dollars for that production coming in, by the way, just so you guys know. Um, <laughs> stand-up comedians who only do crowd work. I'm a big stand-up comedy guy. Oh, Matt Reif? You don't like him? That's who you're going at, right? Not just him. I mean, You're kind of going at him. A little bit. but Very I, handsome, you know, man. I watch a lot of stand-up comedy, watch a lot of Netflix specials and stuff like that, see a lot of stuff on TikTok, and it mm-hmm. feels like every comedian on TikTok only does crowd work. Like, can we get a little bit creative here? I'm, I'm over the, the only coming up with jokes for the crowd thing. 
Only is different than doing it. I guess that's fair, right? I actually give a lot of credit to the comedians that do the crowd work because they have no idea what's coming their way. They're spontaneous, yeah. they're quick, and they're yeah. funny. I think Absolutely. that's awesome. It's like being a freestyle rapper, right? It's yeah. like, like improv. Like, like, exactly. Right. You're looking yeah. at me as if I know. Yeah, let me confirm that for you. As a freestyle rapper over here. <laughs> I don't. But, uh, none of us took that that way. I was right. <laughs> right. But if a freestyle rapper was only a freestyler, would you yeah. look at that rapper differently? If they didn't have any of their produced songs, written songs, et cetera. I mean, yeah, of course you would. You yeah. wouldn't, yeah. You, you, the ones that can do both are the ones that you think are elite. Are there rappers that you would look at and say there's no way that they could do a freestyle? Yes. And we, do don't, you, we don't need to go down a list of who those rappers are, though. But, yeah. but you look at them differently in terms of your uh, Of rankings. course. you got to yeah. be able to freestyle. Like, just in the same way a comedian's got to be able to improv. Right. You've got to have that. But I give a lot of the credit to the improv comedians so there. Do I. I think that's awesome. There has to be a healthy balance of both. Yes. You know, it's just like a, a show like this, right? We want callers to come in, but we also need to make sure that we have our own opinions and Yeah, you can't, and you can't rely on the crowd to do the work for Correct. you. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like, you got to, you can, you know, show us that you can, you can freestyle a little bit, but also have some stuff that's produced up pre-planned. That way we know we're getting, you know, we're getting the best of both worlds. Absolutely. There and, we go. And if you want to do the um, crowd work, you can be a part of the Unsportsmanlike Nation, the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. Pat, next one. What are you Col- over? College is asking for donations after I've already graduated. Um, Haven't I given you enough? I, I paid you tuition for four years. Like, why do you need my money after I've graduated? Also, Grow up. there should be a rule that if people are still paying down their loans from college, that the university should legally not be able to ask them for money. Interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I was, I always get solicited by the student radio station at the University of Wisconsin, which WSUM in Madison. Shout out to them. I got my start there. I'm willing to donate, but I need to know where it's going to go. Mm. I'm serious. Like, because at the time when I was there... The sports department was frowned upon. Like, oh, we'll give them one hour a week. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. So what am I giving? Am I giving money to a radio station that's not going to help the cause that I want to be a part of? And Mm -hmm. I want to give younger students the opportunity? I'm serious. If the athletic department of Virginia says, hey, Chris Canty, you are a great ass student athlete here. We'd love some money for you. Don't you want to know it's going to the football program? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But they know better than to give me that phone call. They know, <laughs> they know, they know what the answer's going to be to that. Blocked. I, I, I done made y'all enough money. We good. Blocked. As far, as far as I'm concerned, we even. <laughs> Let's keep this thing pushing. Actually, you might still be owed some. Right, exactly. Where's my NIL money? Not might be. <laughs> He's definitely owed some. Next one, Pat. Giving Aaron Rodgers credit for the Jets having any kind of success when he's not there, he hasn't done anything. He has done nothing for the Jets, and we're acting like he's like Vince Lombardi because all of a sudden Zach Wilson has been pretty good. Oh. Like, can, can we stop with the Aaron Rodgers love? We don't even know if Zach Wilson actually has learned anything from him. We're assuming he has, but we're giving Aaron Rodgers all this credit for possibly nothing. Well, I'm going directly over to Smalls over there because you're the one that said basically Aaron Rodgers was the blankie. He was the weighted blanket. Or as my daughter calls it, boppy. That's her little blankie. Okay. Boppy. boppy. I like boppy. that. Boppy. Yeah, B-O-P-P-Y. I okay. guess that's how I would boppy. spell it, right? That's her comfort. She can't go to sleep without boppy. Okay. You've said that that's Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson. I mean, haven't you're we the seen one, it? He's going right at you. You're the one giving him credit. Since Aaron Rodgers returned and we saw him with the team, haven't we seen a remarkably better Zach Wilson? Yes, we have. 
didn't we see a glimpse of this in Hard Knocks where Aaron Wilson, or excuse me, Aaron Wilson, that's who they are together, we're, we're Aaron, Wilson, Aaron Wilson, that Zach Wilson feels a different level of comfort when Aaron Rodgers is his eyes and his ears. I mean, they have obviously a great symbiotic relationship. Aaron Rodgers has been a good mentor to him. Whatever Aaron Rodgers is telling him, Zach Wilson is taking it and he's applying it to what he's doing out on the field and we're seeing better results. So I could not disagree more, Pat. In all seriousness, were there people that if they were to come to your games, you felt a level of comfort, your family's in the crowd, or like where you've had that level of comfort, or you just blocked all that out? Yeah, that didn't affect me. That didn't impact me. But, you didn't need but, a boppy. No, no, I didn't need a boppy. Not to be confused with a bopper. But anyway, I, I, I will say this. <laughs> like with, with the Zach Wilson thing, the first three games, Zach Wilson had the worst passer rating in the league. Since Aaron Rodgers showed up at the Kansas City Chiefs with Taylor Swift, 15th in QBR. Yeah. I mean, not QBR, in passer rating. 15th in passer rating Ooh. since that moment. So, I mean, I, I'm just saying, he's Ooh, not the worst. Ooh, half. Ooh. Well, he's not the worst, and I think that's all the Jets need to be competitive. Clearly, they just beat your team, the Philadelphia Eagles, with Zach Wilson as the quarterback. That just happened. So, I mean, I don't think we can ignore the fact that Aaron Rodgers, behind the scenes, could be giving these guys a level of confidence that this organization just hadn't had over the past decade or so. So, Pat, you're giving us the problem. Give us the solution. What is the proper way of categorizing Aaron Rodgers' role in the Jets currently? I don't know. Oh, good. Anyway, uh... (laughs) What else are you over, Pat? (laughs) Why can't airplanes figure out how to make legroom? It's ridiculous. And I know, Canty, you're in a different level because you're in first class, but us normal people wow. would also like legroom. Pat, it's because they can squeeze more people and make I mean, more money. That's the squeeze most more obvious answer in. in the world, Pat. Don't let producer Pat run your business anytime soon. Well, Pat, I, maybe I wouldn't have to fly first class if they had more legroom and coach. Exactly. I'm over it. And then maybe every coach seat would be higher in price because they have less seats overall and they have to make money. Pat the businessman or Pat the producer? It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.